You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. When we began studying the Mishnah of Tanit, we learned the first and the second halacha from the Mishneh Torah. And the Rambam Maimonides says, It's a positive mitzvah from the Torah to cry out and to blow trumpets. In the event of any calamity that comes to the community. And now, as we come to the end of the third chapter, we're going to see the source, the Rambam source for this idea that we cry out for any disaster that comes to the community. But more than that, we're going to examine the question of what is it about crying out that that works? Does crying out indeed work at all? And essentially, we're going to get to the centre of the the theology, we might say, of the Masechet of Tanit, and we're going to contrast the Mishnah at the end of the third chapter with the Gemara, the um, Talmud discussion that follows directly after it. And the Mishnah begins by quoting the Rambam, or well, we'll see, of course, that the Rambam is quoting the Mishnah. For any disaster that comes upon the public, we they they sound the shofar and of course we know now sounding the shofar is shorthand for saying we fast we bring the aron kodesh out in the town square we scatter ash on its top and on the heads of the leaders of the community in other words we do everything if a disaster comes on a community with one exception chutz may rov geshamim with the exception of too much rain we don't we don't pray if there's too much rain. Rain is a bracha. We don't pray for it to stop. And the Mishnah is going to prove this with a story about Choni the circle maker. And we'll learn, which incidentally brings the question of praying of, about too much rain, but actually teaches us a lot about what's going on in the tractate of Tanit. Once they said to Choni, the circle maker, pray that rain should fall. Go out. And he said to them, go out and bring in the Pesach ovens so they shouldn't get wet. They shouldn't get um, stinking. They shouldn't rot. This is really interesting. I mean, it's really interesting. First of all, we know we're in we're in Adar or even the beginning of Nisan now. We must be really, really late in the season for the Pesach ovens to be out. So we can see perhaps we, we must have gone through all of the cycle of fastings, the three and the three and then the seven. We've gone through all these fasts and it hasn't worked. So the people are desperate. They're desperate. They're turning to Choni because he's the only person, or it would seem anyway, turning to Choni seems to be a last resort. It's right at the end of the winter. They don't know what to do. Nothing has worked. The prayer ordained in our Masechet hasn't worked. So they're going to ask Choni. What does he do? He prayed, but no rain 
fell. It doesn't work. So what does he do? What does he do? Ag, Uga, he he draws a circle. He circles a circle. He drew Ag Uga. He draws a circle. He says, Ribono, he draws a circle. He stands inside it. He says, Ribono Shaulam Banecha Samupnehem Alai. Gosh, it's it's almost a, it's it's almost um heretical what he says lord of the world your children have turned their faces to me not to you but to me they've turned their faces to me a lie because i'm like a member of your household i'm basically i live in your household if it weren't written down in the mishnah we couldn't say it nishpani I swear by your great name that I will not move from here until you have mercy on your children. This is a bit like the magician drawing the magic circle. And of course, the whole of the 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 Masechet of Ta'anit that we've learned up till now is about the power to make rain being up in the heavens. And Choni is saying, he's drawing this circle it's a power circle. Honey's saying, I've got power. I have power to blackmail God to make sure that rain will fall. The power is not where you think it is. I can make it rain. Rain, the rains began to drip. Amar, I didn't want that kind of dripping rain. I don't want that kind of rain. I want rain that will fill cisterns, pits, and caverns. We've learned this in the, um, we learned it in a, in a previous Mishnah. If rain didn't fall for cisterns, ditches, and caves, it's an emergency. They immediately blow for it. And Honey's saying, I want rain is going to fill up. I want, he clearly knows the Mishnah. By the way, he gives us an insight into the Mishnah. Honey clearly knows this Mishnah. He says, I want rain as it's described in this Mishnah. Yardu v'za'af. It began to rain violently. So now we have a lot of rain. Amar, he says, I didn't want that kind of rain. I want rain of goodwill, of blessing, of graciousness. And then, Yardu Kirtiknan, and then normal rain fell. Ad Sha'alu Yisrael Mirushnaim, the Harabite, me Pnech Shamim, until um, Israel went up from Jerusalem to the Temple Mount. To, to because of the rain they they, they the, the bottom parts of Jerusalem this must be the city of David uh well actually it's the Roman city anyway the Roman city starts to get flooded they go up to Temple Mount to get out of the flood as you prayed for rain to fall pray for it to stop. So now we have the halachic issue with which we began our Mishnah. 
Is it? Can you pray for rain to stop falling? What does he say? Go and see whether the the even hatoim is washed away. Even hatoim literally means rock of the stray people or lost people. Some of the commentators say that this was a, a really tall rock in Jerusalem and someone who found something would climb to the top of the rock and announce, I found such and such a thing. Who does it belong to? It's it's something to do with lost and it's something that is maybe we should translate it as the lost and found rock. The point is, it's a gigantic rock. There's no possibility of it ever being washed away. Um, Choni is saying, <laughs> Choni is basically articulating the halacha. In our, he knows our Mishnah. He's saying, look, guys, I mean, in the event that something completely impossible happens, we would pray for not for, for, for the rain to stop. I.e., I'm not going to pray for the for, I'm not going to pray for the rain to stop. We don't do that. He knows our Mishnah. Shalach lo Shimon, and that's the end of the story. That's the end of the story, and he teaches the halacha. Very interesting that the story teaches the halacha, but it teaches us quite a lot in between. And there's a violent reaction from the, the head of the rabbinical court at the time, Shimon ben Shetach. Shimon ben Shetach is a famous judge. His sister was married to the king. This was during the late Hasmonean times. The, I, I, the, there is, I would say, um, chaos and dis- disruption in the secular world. And Shimon ben Shetach is trying to establish order in the religious world. At least that's the context. And we see that in, in other mentions of Shimon ben Shetach in the Mishnah and in the Gemara. But on this occasion, Shalach lo Shimon ben Shetach. Shimon ben Shetach sends to him, Sarichata lina dot, you should be banned, you should be excommunicated. Why should he be excommunicated? Well, I think Shimon ben Shetach is saying, look, we have a way of asking for rain. And the community asks for rain. And we pray for rain and we blow the shofar. We don't we, we don't rely on a on a single we don't rely on magic to get rain. We we don't draw magic circles and kind of jump up and down. We pray for rain. We don't we don't approve of what you've done. Sarih Atalinadot, you should be excommunicated. But he goes on to say, Aval, Aval, but Maesela. What can I do to you? You act up or you kind of misbehave before God. You act up before God like a child acting up before his father. And he does your will. So what you do is not appropriate, but somehow... It seems to work. And Shimon ben Shetach actually follows with a compliment. May your father and mother be happy. Let your parents rejoice. So is Shimon ben Shetach happy? I mean, what's the consensus of the Mishnah? We're not sure. Shimon ben Shetach seems to be very unhappy but he ends up with a compliment the conclusion to the story seems to be taught in the gemara and so 
I know normally we only learn Mishnah, we bring the occasional source from the Gemara. I wanted to bring you a slightly longer source from the Gemara that essentially subverts this Mishnah and Choni's actions in exactly the same way that Choni, in his actions, subvert subverts the tone of the first three chapters of the Mishnah that we've learned. So the Gemara, in other words, the, the Talmud provides a bitter criticism of Choni. And it does so with a story about Choni's grandson, Abba Chilkiah bar Brei to Choni HaMagel Hava. Abba Chilkiah was the grandson of Choni, the circle drawer. And when the world needed rain, the sages sent word to him and he'd ask God's mercy and the rain fell. So far, sounds quite like Choni, sounds quite like Choni. But now we're going to hear how it works. So once there's a need for rain in the world, the world needs rain. And the sages send a, a pair of scholars to ask him to ask God's mercy. And they come to his house and he's not there. So they go out to his field and he's he's hoeing, he's digging in his field. And they um they give him shalom and he doesn't doesn't look round. And then um in the evening, when it's the end of the day, he takes some wood. And he takes the hoe on one shoulder and he puts his cloak on the other shoulder. And then and then he goes home. And there's a whole thing, set of things that happen when he goes home. I filleted this Gemara for you because I, I just want to get to the essence. But he does. He, anyway, he gets home. He serves dinner. He doesn't serve the sages dinner. There's not enough food in his house to serve them dinner. But they sit around hungry while he's feeding his kids. And then Amarla. Amarla Lidvetehu. Abba says to his wife, I know the scholars have come on account of the rain. So, so far, they've not conversed, right? So far, not a word is exchanged. But he says to his wife, I know they've come on account of the rain. Nisak, let's go up to the roof. Let's pray for mercy. Maybe the Holy One will be pleased, will be reconciled. And rain will fall. And if that happens, you and I won't take credit for it. So in other words, before he's asked, there's been no conversation at this point in the in the meeting point yeah they've they've said shalom and he hasn't responded he goes home they follow after him he doesn't serve them any food there's no conversation he says to his wife let's just go up to the roof and pray and if the rain falls we're not going to take credit for it what a contrast right what a contrast to his grandfather they go up to the roof and he stands in one corner and she stands in another opposite. It feels almost like Yitzhak and his wife, they're opposite corners. Kadum, um, the 
Kadum Saluk Ananame Hachazavit de Di Deve Tehu. And a cloud came over the corner where his wife stood. The cloud seems to come from his wife's corner. So he goes downstairs and he said to the scholars, why have, why have my masters come? I'm ruling. The sage sent us to ask the master to plead for mercy for rain. He says to them, Blessed be Hamakom. Blessed is God. Blessed is he who is everywhere, who has not made you dependent on Abba Chilkiah. He does not want to take personal credit for this act. Amarule, they said to him, Yadani, Dimitri, Mihamat, Mar, Hudata, we know that the rains come because of your merit. Eilalema, Lanmar, Hani, Mili, De, Timhalan. Look, just explain to us a few things that really surprised us today. So, first they asked, Look, why didn't the master greet us? And he says, look, I was hired for a day and I didn't want to stop work. This guy is so from that if he's hired by one person to work, he will not interrupt his work even to say hello, let alone to make a personal phone call. He's hired for a day. He doesn't speak. Why did the master put the wood on one shoulder and the cloak on another? Because the cloak was borrowed. I, the cloak was borrowed for this, but not for the other. I, the cloak was borrowed to keep me warm, not to stop the wood scratching my shoulder. This guy, so first of all, he doesn't own a cloak. He has to borrow a cloak. And if he borrows a cloak to keep him warm, he won't, he won't ruin it by putting wood on it. And they ask him various other questions. And then they say, Why did the cloud arise first from the corner that the wife of the teacher was standing in rather than, rather than from his corner? Why did the clouds come from your wife's corner. And Abba Chilkiah answers, Mishum, beveta, because my wife is, she stays at home. And she gives bread to the poor. And they can enjoy it immediately. And I give them money which they can't benefit from immediately because they need to go out and spend it. My wife gives instant, instant relief to poor people who come to the house, and I don't do that. That's why the rain came from her corner. Or if you want to say, Inami, if you want, you can say, Hanhu biryani tahavu bishiva vutan. There were some robbers in our neighborhood. I prayed that they should die. And she prayed that they should repent. And they did. 
So the wife of Abba Chilkia is the one who really does tzedakah. And it's on in her merit that the rain fell. But we were learning here, well, you can see we're learning from this Gamara, what a bitter criticism of kind of Hani the egotist who subverts the kind of the ordered to filler of the Mishnah. But also we can see, you know, from Hani a criticism of the ordered to filler of the Mishnah, that, that this to filler, it's, it's not some kind of ritual that we go through that, um, you know, we go through this ritual and the rain falls. It's just as the Rambam says in his introduction to the laws of fast, that the, the fasting is a, some kind of, a, it's, it's not magic. It's a trigger to repentance. And the way the climate behaves is according to our behavior. It's not according to how, um, it's not according to what rituals or ceremonies we perform. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.